Thank you for listening to the Kelowna Christian Center podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be fresh and encouraging to you. For more information on KCC and how to connect, visit us at kcc.net. Hey, good morning. Good morning. This is exciting for me. She, she gave me this side on the right because it's my, my good side for camera. I'm really excited about that. So if anyone wants to take a picture, it's now. Um, this is really exciting. Yeah, thank you. Way at the back there. Um, this is great. Uh, how many of you know this is a family day weekend? And we're so grateful to have family together. This is great. Um, many of you ex- uh, were able to enjoy uh, Valentine's Day uh, this week. How many of you had a great Valentine's Day? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, you know, there's an a- actually an anti-Valentine's Day movement. It's like, uh, th- there's a few out there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, today is uh, a day where we just want to celebrate the facts of, of life and uh, enjoy the family that we have. So as you know, uh, my wife is here with me. It was awesome. You know, when, having a woman on, on stage with you is really exciting, especially when you're talking about emotions and getting this different perspective. She just brings a totally different perspective. Like this morning, um, she got up early, got ready, and I was, I was meditating before the Lord in bed. And... Uh, <laughs> And I was laying down, and she came in. She's like, hey, I'm, uh, you know, you're going get, to get ready? I said, I just told her, I'm just not feeling very good. <laughs> and there were like two very different emotions that it happened at that point. For me, I was joking. I was like, ah, this is funny. She was not very I pleased. I was like, you get out of bed now. <laughs> you are it's just It's like, fine. come on. <laughs> I- I'm okay. So we, uh, I put a little fear in her there that that's probably not a good thing for today's topic but <laughs> should be love right but we actually want to want to bring this perspective male female man woman uh, portion to this uh, series that we're doing on emotions because we believe that God created us different and we're designed different and so we just have a few like areas to show you where men and women differ uh, by design. Um, These are tendencies. They're not particularly rules in terms of there's always an exception to the rule. My daughter thinks she's an exception to the rule in terms of when we discuss these things, but just see whatever lands with you, and if it lands with you, that's great. If it doesn't, that's great too. Go ahead, Natalie. All right, so the first one is women remember everything. We actually have a we have a larger hippocampus, which is like a, did I say that right? You practice it like all week, hippocampus. <laughs> hippocampus, which is like a little horseshoe area in your brain. And um, that's where we store our memories. And so this is why we as women can recall every single word from a conversation or argument that could have been like five years ago. We know it. So emotions are actually often attached to our memories. And so men don't actually have the emotional capacity. That sounds rude, but they just don't have the emotional capacity to recall things. They just simply forget. And so they don't have that room to remember. Now, this is not an excuse. You can still write things down to remember, but it's a good... Blame it on the hippocampus, dudes. That's right. I'm sorry. I just have a small hippocampus. (laughs) 
It makes a difference, okay? Like, it's just a different one. But the fact that our emotions aren't attached to these memories, because we just don't connect with our memories as well as uh, women folk do. <laughs> so another uh, difference is that women feel while men use logic. And uh, men take more fact-based approach to their uh, environment. Often we're scanning for threats, we're scanning for danger, we're looking at, like, we're always looking at the exit signs. We're checking things out, and uh, women oftentimes have a deeper connection, a stronger connection uh, than men tend to have to uh, their environment. So men will lead with logic, and women will lead oftentimes with feeling. And so uh, you may want to share on this email aspect, the fact that... So I know sometimes like when... a when a woman gets an email, she gets an email and she's like reading between the lines, trying to understand the whole thing. And, you know, what does this person really mean by this? And whereas a man, it's like, he just looks at it and is like, well, did she say that? No, then she didn't, that's not what she meant. Whereas sometimes we read between it all and try and try and understand it. And Have so. you ever sent your wife a K message? And the what does that mean? What are you trying to say? I'm just saying K, like, okay, that's it. So men lead with give logic. Me more. Give me men more than lead K. with logic. Women feel. They want to understand the feeling aspect. Okay, another one is we problem solve differently. So men like to isolate issues where women like to kind of the same thing with the email aspect, come at it from a, a feeling, a bigger perspective. And um, Men like to place their emotions in a box, focus on one thing, where women entwine all their emotions and, you know, they like to tell the whole story. You got to know every single point of view, mm -hmm. not just like the one thing. Like a man sees a nail and a hammer and goes, hammer, nail. <laughs> Good. We don't, we don't we look like at, to, yeah, we, we like don't look at what it's building or why we're building it or how we're feeling as we're building. We just <laughs> strike nail with hammer. Dunk, dunk, dunk. Good. It makes sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, men and women handle conflict differently. Do you realize that? <laughs> um, Oftentimes, uh, men tend to depersonalize and externalize issues or problems and giving themselves time to, time to think. Like when we deal with conflict, we actually need time to like process before we engage. And uh, oftentimes that processing is where we do the best processing is in solitude i.e. the bathroom. <laughs> no, not usually, but it's, it's, it's the stereotype. Like just men need that place to actually find that quiet space to, to actually process their thoughts. And uh, we don't personalize every emotional connection that we have. Women will oftentimes feel it out where men actually think it out. We think it out. So we handle conflict differently. We're we're thinking about things, and oftentimes that happens in isolation. Women oftentimes like to talk about it and process it. Yes, love to talk about it and process it, for sure. Um, men and women actually think differently, so men need time for their brain to unwind and explore and to, to decide to do it next. So when you ask a guy, what are you thinking about, and he says nothing, he literally is thinking about nothing. 
which is impossible for us because we're always thinking about something. Our brains are going a million different ways, but it is nothing. I, I like to think of it this way. Men love to put their emotions on hold. Let this sink with you for a little bit. We put them on hold for a bit. Now, there's, there's actually like, there's actually like, like actual scientific, like here's a picture of a brain of a man at rest and a brain at a, with a woman at rest. rest. So we know how to rest well. I think it takes more work for women to learn to rest. I think we have to really work at it. I agree. And to be supported in it. We're just better. <laughs> We're just better. We're just better at thinking about nothing because of our design. But it's, it's, here's the thought. We're going to think about nothing. And this is honestly the way men think. They're going to think about nothing. And they're going to allow their emotions just to be put on hold. But when the time comes to actually execute, they're going to put 100% of their effort into the execution. So don't, make, don't, don't think it's just like lazy. It's not lazy. It's actually like a reserve quality that men have to actually move forward and, and attack a situation. Or uh, like in today's environment, we don't have wars or hunt or things like that, particularly for our survival. But oftentimes there would have to be this time, oh, hey, I got to go out and I have to harvest this field or I have to go and bring in food for the family or I have to go and protect land or whatever it may have been at the time. It looks different today where we have to go into our job or go and engage relationships or take on situations that are complicated it's first going to require like a reserve quality before actually we attack that, that, that situation. So there's a value in men and women at rest, at rest and uh, we learn from each other, and, we, and uh, there's a quality to it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I found this picture we put the, of um, a man's day versus a woman's day. And the only two things I see in common here is that we all wait, we wake up happy and we all go to bed tired. And I'm, for some, I'm sure maybe you don't even have that in common, I don't know. But there's a whole lot of difference that goes on in, in, the, in between here. And um, you can see there's a few more variety of emo emojis in a woman's day. But actually, I have to say that maybe you can't all relate to that, but I know Brody's pulled up a few of those um, emojis this week we've been we've been uh, I, it's my turn yeah. I get to do this so we've been watching this transformation show on like on a on a weight loss transformation show but it's just an amazing it's actually a really great show they go through the the weight loss and the the mental um state of how they've just come to another place and it comes to the end and I hear <laughs> And I'm like, are you crying? My and eyes he, were leaking. Yeah. I have very weak eye ducts. And he's like, yeah. And of course, I was crying too, but I was like, good, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's great. We're in touch. That's great. It's an emotional week for me. Uh, we're addressing emotions because we believe that your emotional health is important. Your emotional health is important to your physical and your spiritual health. And uh, 
those, not only is your emotional health important to you, but it's important to those who are around you. When you're in a home with people who are struggling emotionally, it's actually worthwhile to, to, it's not just your emotions that matter, it's the people that are around you that matter. You want to create an emotionally supportive environment for each other. So emotions are actually core to who we are. Emotions are core to who we are. Yes, emotions take energy. Everything takes emotion. And emotion is energy in motion. And um, it takes energy to smile. It takes energy to frown. Actually, it takes more energy to frown, but it still takes emotion. And emotion is often connected to the things that you value. So I value my children. So if they're out in the in the cul-de-sac and they're, they're riding their bikes, I am on guard. I am watching to see, to make sure that they're safe because I value them. That's, that's what you do. Your, your emotions are connected to your, what you value. I just forgot where they were. <laughs> it's that weak hippocampus. Um, but today we want to actually affirm your feelings. We turn to your neighbor and just say, I affirm you as a feeler. I affirm you as a feeler. Feelings are very important. And today we want to target the, one of the, I believe, is one of the most important feelings, and we sang about it this morning, the feelings of love. Feelings of love are very important to your emotional health. Feeling loved is very important to your emotional health. Love uh, from all sources will breed a sense of trust in you. And that trust develops into confidence, and that confidence breeds actual affirmation and motivation and, and movement. So knowing that you're loved is really important. It's, it's why the Bible talks about love so much. In fact, the Bible talks about it over 300 times. The Bible mentions love as something valuable and something to be attained and to have. Even a whole scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love saying, you can have all these things in the world and after everything falls apart the the things that remain are like faith hope and love and the greatest of those is love love is important and men we love to discuss love we love to uh we discuss it we tend to analyze it we tend to want to understand it we want to process it and we want to somehow want we want to be able to master love but and it's important, I don't, I don't ever want to negate the fact that we want to engage our mind and be intellectually uh, present uh, when it comes to feelings. But I have to be, con- I am convinced that there's more to love than just knowing about love. We'd love to, we would love to have someone who just gave us a book on this is love, this is what it looks like, this is how to get it, this is like fit it into a nice package for us, it'd be great. It makes sense to us. But there's more to that than, than just knowing about love. In fact, feeling emotional and feeling the emotion of love is crucial. It's crucial. Uh, love may never be able to be fully defined or articulated. And we need to just think about it this way. We need to give up on trying to understand love. Like I can tell you, okay, there's familial love, there's family love, there's 
There's uh, phileo love, the, like the love between brothers. There's agape love, God's love. There's eros love, which is a sexual, erotic love. There's all kinds of love. If you want to talk about love, we can talk about it. But what means more is actually experiencing it. It's like going online on YouTube, probably a video that may exist but shouldn't exist, how to swim. You can go on YouTube and you can look how to swim, but you, can't, you can watch that video a hundred times, but you'll never know what it's like until you get pushed into the deep end of a pool. And your mind is going, breathe. <gasps> you move arms together. Think buoyant. <laughs> it's not going to work. You can't learn swimming through correspondence. Swimming needs to be experienced. Love needs to be experienced. It's more important to experience it than to know it. Understand it. Uh, feeling love is extremely important. Uh, it's actually the fact that it defines us as Christians. We are people who know how to love, and we're defined by our love. In a, in a culture, in the Scripture, the, this culture that was broken by race, it was broken by yeah, prejudice and, and tension, all like over land and property and all these other things. Um, there were wars that were happening. Christians were known, they could be seen because of their love that they had for one another. It actually is a defining factor of the church. It should be. And sometimes I think about it, I go, how good are we at feeling and expressing love? Is the church known for their love? And that's a big question for us. And so relationship really because God is love. And in order to know love, you need to know God. The relationship is your first primary key. You need to, you need to make that priority. Having the relationship is priority. Yeah. So, for example, we have a marriage certificate, but that marriage certificate does not define that we have a relationship. It's the relationship that defines our marriage certificate. And that takes energy, emotion, it takes everything to form, to form a marriage. And so every single thing flows from a relationship. And when we encounter God, we encounter true organic love, really. And you know, I think about babies. When babies are little, they have no intellectual ability to think about love or to, you know, they, it's all about an experience that they have. They experience it through through the mother's touch or the dad's care and through all these areas. And studies have been done where emotional contact was removed from children and their, their immune system actually suffered and their growth was impaired and they just didn't have the same strength as others. And I think, what were they missing? The intellectual conversation? No, they were missing the pure, the experience of human love. And so it's so crucial. And I think so many of us in church today don't, we know God's love, but we have never felt it. And I know that I've, even when it comes to peace, I've known peace. I know what it is, but there's times where I haven't experienced it or I haven't felt it. And when you feel, when you feel that, that's what changes you. And, you know, 
in Ephesians 3.18, it says that God's people would be able to grasp, like really grasp it, of how wide and how love and how deep God's, how deep God's love is for us. And so it's just extremely important that we grasp it mm-hmm. and, and know it, experience it. I get it. Um, the fact that love was really a, a base emotion is in, in culture, people didn't value love the way God intends us to actually value the love for one another. And we're supposed to actually chase after it. Go get it. Look for it. Like, go after love and, and actually find, go and pr- go and chase it more than you would chase property, more you, than you would chase money, more than you would chase fame or prestige. Go and get love because love will save you. Love will change you. Love will make you better. Knowing and experiencing the love of God will make you better. I look at the scripture, one of my favorite in, in the Bible is really this portion that talks about the prodigal son. And the prodigal son was really a son that had taken his inheritance from his father and had decided, I'm going to go and I'm going to live my own life. And he left early from the home, leaving his father at the home and his brother at home. And he went, uh, he went out and he spent everything. He wasted his inheritance. And he wasted the inheritance on partying and hanging out with the wrong people and the wrong crowd. And he, at the end of the day, he was left with nothing. And he found himself even in a place where he was feeding pigs, a pretty low place for him, having come from a place where there was, he had resource and had a title and had a, pl- had a position in a family. And the Bible says, gives this great, like illustrates this perfectly, is that he comes to a place in his own mind, he goes, I got to get back home. And I believe that's in every person, this desire to actually find home again. And the Bible says that when he started making his way home, the father saw him from a long ways away. And when he saw him, had been expecting him, and when he saw him, he got up and he ran to his son and he jumped into it, which was a really undignified thing for a, a man to do, to run towards someone who's been feeding pigs and hanging out with pigs, and he grabs them and he hugs them. And that hug, I believe that hug, is what actually communicated so much. It wasn't what he said. It was what he experienced in that moment. You're welcome back. You're affirmed as my son. I love you. I care for you. I I forgive you. I want you. I desire you. The hug says so much. He didn't have to go through and deliver him a book on how he was feeling. He just gave him a hug. And he welcomed him. He said, this is my son. He was lost. But now he's found. Welcome him. Bring him in. And I think it's so important that our children and we as a community need to be able to be the type of community that knows how to express and pass on that feeling and that love uh, to each other, but especially to our own families. I think about my kids. I want them to know that love as well. I look at the scripture from Romans 2, where it says, don't disregard, 
and virtually it's the emotions of God. Don't disregard His kindness. Don't disregard His patience. Don't disregard His, his tolerance with us. Realize that it's the kindness of God that leads men to repent. You notice it's not a logic. It's just God's kindness. So when people open themselves up emotionally and they welcome in the love of God and the care of God, then they'll find themselves actually making change, making a difference, and, and looking for and finding forgiveness and finding hope. Uh, so it's really important that we open up our hearts to God. So how do we do that? How do we open up our heart to experience the love that God has for us? So first off, it's your offering. It's what you're offering, God. In Romans 12, 1 to 2, it says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So to offer your heart as a sacrifice to God. And I think often the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps trying to get, like, crawl off the altar, right? And you got to every day say, I choose, I choose, and constantly submit your heart to God. And... Um, I just think that's extremely important, and, and it's also, you can't, give, you can't give half of your heart. You gotta give it all. Mm. Like, I can't give half of my heart mm -hmm. to Brody. Mm -hmm. It's, I gotta give it all. Mm -hmm. The good, the bad, yeah. and the ugly. <laughs> that's right, I want it, that's right. He doesn't get my Instagram reel, right? He gets, he gets my whole story, he gets, yeah. he gets everything. And, um, Lucky me. <laughs> It's true. I think I, I get something that, that I see that as valuable. I see that as precious. It's the whole of her is what I want. I want, like, imagine Valentine's Day. I give you half my heart. No, I give you my whole heart. I want everything. That's right. Yeah. And I think that we often come to God thinking we have to be perfect, right? That we want to present ourselves as perfect, but it doesn't work that way. You have to come to God with your whole heart, everything, and allow him to perfect you. And so, or else it's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. Yeah, too many people try and come to church. They're like, I'm, I'm waiting to come to church because I'm not good enough good to enough. come to church. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, you need to get here and let God perfect do something you. in you. Yeah. Let God work his way in you. Come as you are and let God work with you. And so he found you as you are and just, just, welcome we just welcome you into the church um this is why i love king david the story of king david before he was king you read the psalms of where uh his writings are super emotional he he shares his pain his anger his confusion his angst he gave his whole language to god he said here i am this is me me you want me you got me he's he's just you, talking to God that way. And what's awesome is that God says he was a man after God's own heart, that God loved that about him. God loved that about him. And the fact that God isn't scared of your feelings, God isn't scared about, I may be scared of her feelings, but God's not scared <laughs> of feelings. And so you can express your heart to God and, and communicate to God what it is that you're feeling. God wants that offering. So uh, the first thing you need to do, just like I need to do with her, is the first thing, if I want relationship, I want to experience that love, I have to offer my heart. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the second point here is renewing your mind. Uh, we read in, in the rest of Romans 12, it says, listen, there's a pattern of the world, but then there's also a, a pattern of God. And the way our, we have to move from the pattern of the world, be renewed in our thinking to the pattern that God would have us uh, think, process, live by. And so we need our mind to be renewed. And until our mind is renewed, it's hard to actually know the heart of God because um, we're dealing with mistruths or lies. So we need to be able to separate the lies from the truth. And the only way we'll know the truth is if we're thinking his thoughts. So we have to move ourselves to actually begin to think his thoughts. And that's where transformation actually begins. Right. So we know that there's a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness, right? And so when we experience thoughts that are rooted in fear, that comes from a kingdom of darkness. And when we experience thoughts that are rooted in love, that comes from the kingdom of light. And we, it's super important that we take captive those thoughts and say, is this a thought we're going to, is this a thought that comes from fear or love? Because some you may have to just put in the trash, right? Mm -hmm. And keep the others. And I think about actually fear. When you are thinking thoughts of fear, the energy that it takes away from you, like it depletes you, right? And when you think thoughts that are of love, that's what it actually gives you energy. It lifts you up. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we got to really watch that because we only have so much energy to use, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Second Timothy says it this way. He says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Yeah. So if God didn't give you the spirit of fear, like God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, then where is this coming from? A place out not from God. Yeah. So you don't want anything of it. So, but God gives you us a spirit of love and power and peace, a sound mind. So anything that brings us love, power, soundness of mind, like think on those things. Uh, one of our kids, uh, I won't say which one, uh, the other day was sharing his need for the evidence of God. And, oh, his. Oh. <laughs> Followed by some incredibly good questions, like really good questions. And thank goodness Natalie was there to help me answer them. She was like, see you, Brody. I'm going out with my friends. I, and for an hour, what's that? I, I can give you a hug, cook you food, but if you want to have a theological debate with me, I'm like, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I decided to do what a man does. I began to reason with him. And I began to use my logic. You want evidence? Well, let's talk about evidence. What if God came through here right now? Would you even recognize him as God? How do you even know to see God? You don't even know what he looks like. I thought that was good. <laughs> and then I, was, I said, you know, it's like the wind. We know the wind. Like, it, does the wind exist? Yes, the wind exists. I borrowed this from the Bible. And the, 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 I know the wind exists. I said, well, how do you know the wind exists? Well, the wind exists because you can feel the effects of the wind. So how do you feel the effects of God? And I, for an hour, I'm talking about the nature of God, the character of God, who God is, the doubting stuff, what faith looks like, and, 
and the element of doubting Thomas, and I, I'm going through everything until finally he's like, but it, I, I want to see God. Like, I want God. I want evidence that God is here. And so I said, okay, stop. The Bible says, taste and see that God is good. Ask and the door will, like, knock and the door will be open. Ask and you'll find. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to stop right now. We're just going to ask God to reveal himself to you and allow you to experience God. At that point, he's like, forget it. I know what happens. I'll die. Maybe I'll do it when I'm 30. <laughs> and I'm thinking, because life's, life's already done at 30, right? Like, I'm done. I'm like, and that was enough for him. He just got up and he left. I was like, man, my whole evening was talking about like the evidence of God in you world and like history and like I went through everything. I, I was depleted by intellectual. I was like, you know what? We're going the emotional route right now. You want God, you get God. But the fact is that I was at the, but the issue at the end of it was this. His perspective on God was fear-based. I don't want to see God because I'll die. Because we've been going through Old Testament devotions. And I said, that's it. No more OT. We're moving to the NT. We're going to the New Testament. And from now on, all we're doing is we're just reinforcing the fact that God loves my kids. And God's love for my kids because I'm going to build in them the fact that God loves them and God cares for them. And so we're not going to learn about the flood anymore and how everyone got killed and like all that stuff. It's like one day after another, it was like, he's asking this question. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, that is, why? <laughs> so I said, from now on, Philippians 4.8, think on these things, things that are true, <laughs> things that are honest, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are good report. Think on those things. Develop, like, build your emotion connected to that because what I want him to say is, Kate, son, person, <laughs> child of mine, I want, I want to just say, hey, let's pray and let's experience God. God loves you so much. He cares for you so much. His mercies are toward, like, he, he wants to know you. He knows, he knit you together, put you together. He knows every hair on your head. He wants to know, you know, he'd leave 99 just to find you. Like that's what, I want him to know the love of the Father for him. And so we got work to do. So how are we going to do this? How do we, oh boy, we, how do we are going to meditate. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we think meditation is like, oh, you got to go up into the mountains for two hours and do this meditation and light, you know, all your, have your surroundings perfect and all that. But it's, it's really not what it, it's, it's about aligning your thoughts to God's thoughts. And it's something you can do mm -hmm. on your day to day, right? Whatever you're doing at home. And, um, I, I actually went to this, I was a part of this group where we would, um, we would exercise, we would stretch, and breathe, and then it, and it was led by a Christian lady, and she would give us like a simple word or a scripture to meditate on, and we would do that during this process, and then at the, 
the very end of it, she would just put on some worship music and for like a few minutes and we would lay there and we would just meditate on, on that word and just ask God, just be in the place to hear what God's wanting to talk to us regarding that meditation. And it was awesome. I left. I loved it. I felt relaxed. And um, not too long ago, I went to a fancy, like, bar class where you do these, um, like, uh, ballerina move movements. And <laughs> you should have joined me. And um, <laughs> at the end of it, it was just at the end of it, they told you to lay, lay, on, the, lay on the mat and you know, we were there for like 10 minutes and it was like the longest time on earth. I'm looking up at the roof. I'm like super antsy and I left and, re and just had the appreciation of the, and the importance of the meditate, like meditating on God's word and what that does. And um, yeah, I just left just incredibly grateful for that experience. Because we can choose what to meditate on. Yeah. We can choose what to meditate on. And, and the meditation makes a difference because you can meditate on, you can think on the thoughts of God, or you can think on, on, on thoughts that aren't going to bring life. And that oftentimes I love doing it in worship. Like worship is more than just singing, everyone. Yeah. It's not a, it's like, yes, it includes singing, but it's allowing God to say, hey, God, I'm offering you my heart, and now I'm going to embrace your word, and I'm going to allow it to rest in my heart today. I'm going to allow it to rest. I'm going to embrace it, make it a part of me, and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, like hold on to it, grasp it. That's more about worship than, than singing. Anyone can sing a song, but can you connect with the the, the one that we're singing to. First uh, Corinthians says this, it says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, mind hasn't even, can't even conceive the thoughts that God has for you, the things that God has for you. And so God has things for you that you don't even know about. But when you get into that process, when you begin to visualize you, when you begin to think about those things, when you're visualizing with God's love that's alive and vibrant in your heart, a vision will come that you'll be able to see and feel and experience God in a whole, whole real way. Can we just do something for a moment here? I know our time is, is closing up quick. Can you just, bow, just close your eyes and just uh, bow your heads for a moment? And I just want to just, I know that we can give you a lot of information today, but I just want to take a moment and allow you to enjoy the presence of God, and particularly the presence of God's love. The Bible says this banner over us is love, that He, he, he inhabits the, the praise of His people. And so when their hearts are, are looking upward, and when we're looking upward, God will actually begin to, um, will begin to actually engage with us, connect to us. And so, would you just visualize the love of God right now? Just, just see His love, almost like it would be an ocean that's just, that's just crashing against the shore and where you can just 
connect with God's love in that way and then just take that step deeper and maybe take even another step and, and until you're in a place where you're up to your up to your calf and maybe up to your knee and maybe even up to your waist where you're just going in and the waves are coming in and the the emotion the love of God the fact that he cares for you the fact that he he has a plan for you. The, the fact that he doesn't leave you alone, but that he desires to, to be with you is a reality. The fact that he would uh, do what the father did to the son, actually embrace, the embrace his son, look for you from a ways off, and then run and hug and hold on to you. The fact that while you were still a sinner, he died for you. And you are so valuable that he gave his most precious son for you, Jesus. And that his son came and died so that you and I could live and experience a life that's not just temporal, but eternal. And Father, today we just open our hearts to your love. We just open our hearts, Lord, to experience you today. Lord, open our thoughts. Lord, as we pray each day, we wake up in the morning. We pray, Holy Spirit, fill us today. We say, Holy Spirit, we want you in our life. We say, Holy Spirit, it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by you, you in us, that gives us power and the ability to move our lives forward. And Father, we just lean on you. We lean on you today, Father. We lean, on, we lean on the great shepherd, the one who cares for our soul and loves us, leads us beside still waters, leads us into green pastures, who walks through valleys with us. You are our shepherd today. And Lord, we give you our heart. And we invite you, Lord, to enter into our thoughts, enter into our meditation. We open our heart to you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Every morning, when you wake up, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. How many of you need Holy Spirit's help <laughs> every morning? Holy Spirit, help. Help me. Help me to manage my mood, manage my emotions. Help me to align them with yours. And then, Holy Spirit, I ask you to actually manage my mouth. Because the Bible says out of your mouth, your tongue can bring life or death blessing or cursing and every day we have to make a choice say i'm going to choose life turn to your neighbor and say choose life choose life choose words of life choose thoughts of life choose life activity and life movement and life giving emotion and give it away amen amen